Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Wednesday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. Hey, on Monday, I mentioned our new reimagined membership website, LogosBibleStudy.com, filled with 22 complete courses, 450 videos, and over 500 hours of content, taking you through the Bible, verse by verse, Genesis to Revelation, all for $19.95 per month. And you can cancel at any time. I urge you, take a look at the site. It's been really exciting. In the first 24 hours, we've had over 70 subscribers come rolling in and lots of good feedback from the site. So please have a look at it and uh, let me know what you think. Email me at info at logosbiblestudy.com and I will email you right back. And next week, my office hours go live on the site. When I was teaching at UCLA, I had office hours every Tuesday and Thursday for about two hours, a time when I would be in the office and students could come and stop by and talk about anything they wanted to talk about. And I thought it would be really nice to be able to do that with all of you on the website. So we'll be doing that through Zoom every Tuesday and Thursday from 11 in the morning until noon Pacific time. So visit, check it out, and truly get in touch with me. Let me know what you think. We want to do this so that you benefit, that you could become educated readers of Scripture and you could become engaged with me and with our fellow Logo students. So do please have a look. Now, let's turn back to where we left off on Wednesday. Paul has left Ephesus. After the book burning and the riot, I think Paul is having a difficult time. Let me move into Acts chapter 20. When the uproar had ended, the uproar of the riot, Paul sent for the disciples and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia, northern Greece of today. He traveled through that area, speaking many words of encouragement to the people, and finally arrived in Greece, where he stayed three months. Now, because the Jews made a plot against him, just as he was about to sail for Syria, he decided to go back through Macedonia. He was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derbe, Timothy also, and Tychicus and Trophimus from the province of Asia. These men went on ahead and waited for us at Troas. Remember, Troas was Luke's hometown on the west coast of Asia Minor, north of Ephesus, and about an hour's drive south of the site of ancient Troy, the site of the Homer's Iliad. So we sailed from Philippi after the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and five days later joined the others at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. Now think of the journey Paul's making. Paul left Ephesus. He went to Macedonia, northern Greece. What do we know about Macedonia? Neapolis is where Paul and company set foot on the continent of Europe for the first time. Beautiful little harbor town. Five miles north of Neapolis 
is Philippi and Lydia's home. I'll bet they stayed and visited with Lydia. Then they went on to Corinth, and it's now AD 57. Paul writes his epistle to the church in Rome in AD 57, and I'm pretty sure that he wrote it from Corinth during this portion of his journey. It was delivered by Phoebe, a deacon in the church at Sencrea, a woman who is a deacon in the church at Sencrea on the east coast of the Isthmus of Corinth. So she delivers Romans to the church at Rome. Meanwhile, Paul continues on in Greece for a while and is planning on sailing back. But there's a plot against him, so he decides to walk north all the way up to Macedonia again. And he and Luke stay with Lydia for a while and send the others on to Troas. And then Paul and Luke join up after a bit. So we sailed from Philippi after the Feast of Unleavened Bread. They stay Passover with Lydia and afterward sail from uh, Philippi or Neapolis, uh, five miles south of Philippi, and on they went to Troas. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. Now here they are in Troas, and I'll bet anything they were staying at Dr. Luke's house. Right? He had a beautiful home in Troas, and uh, that's where they stayed. First day of the week, they came together, they broke bread, that would be in the evening, and Paul was talking and talking and talking. <laughs> until midnight. Have you ever had a dinner party when someone is talking and they go on and on and on? Oh, I can remember dinner parties like that and looking at my watch and thinking, when will this end? I want to go home. Well, there was Paul talking. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. <laughs> They've had dinner. Oh, I bet Luke threw a big dinner. Lots of food, lots of wine. They go upstairs into the upper rooms uh, where there's nice ventilation coming right off the water and uh, open the windows open and Paul's talking, and here's young Eutychus sitting on the window ledge, leaning against one side of the, of the window jamb, his feet up on the other side, and, uh, and Paul talks on and on. And Eutychus was sinking into a deep sleep, and when he fell sound asleep, his head dropped to his chest. He fell out of the window from the third story. Whoop! Everyone went, oh my God. And they ran to the window. They looked, there's Eutychus on the ground, three floors, three stories down. They rushed downstairs. They, they picked him up. Paul threw himself on the young man, put his arms around him. He said, don't, don't be alarmed. He's alive. He checked, he checked breathing pulse. <laughs> He's still alive. And then they went back upstairs again and broke bread and ate. 
after talking till daylight, we left. And Paul took the young man home alive and everybody was greatly comforted. You know, I've, I've never talked anyone to death. I've come close, I think, but Paul nearly did right here with young Eutychus in Luke's house at Troas when Eutychus fell out the window when he fell asleep. I, I love that story. Well, we said we went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Asos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. He had made this arrangement because he was there, going there on foot. So all the rest leave on board ship and sail for Asos, which is south down the coast, about, about 30 miles. Paul decided to walk. He had this whole entourage of people with him, but he wanted time alone. Paul needs some thinking time. I think he was very disturbed about that book burning, about the resulting riot, questioning his methods. I never intended for all those books to be burned. Huh. The next day we set sail from there. They Paul walked the 30 miles, got on board ship at Asos, and then they went off, uh, arrived at Chios. So they're just hop skipping and jumping down the coast. And the day after that, we crossed over to Samos and the following day arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia, for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. Paul has an urgent sense that he must get to Jerusalem by Pentecost. Now remember, they celebrated Passover at Lydia's house, Pentecost is 50 days later. So Paul has 50 days in transit to get to Jerusalem. So he bypasses Ephesus because if he had stopped at Ephesus, he wouldn't be able to break loose from there for days. People would want, want to know, where have you been, Paul? What have you been doing? So he went right past Ephesus. And he sent for the elders to come to him. And they did at Miletus. And when they arrived, Paul said, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I taught in the lecture hall of Tyrannus every day. I taught in your homes. I had dinner with you. I visited with you. And I declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. I have this deep inner sense that I must get to Jerusalem by Pentecost. And I know it'll be a dangerous visit. 
I know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Now, I know that none of you among whom I've gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. And I bet at that, they wept, they embraced Paul. He said, I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't know what's going to happen to me there, but I know I'll never be seeing you again. I think Paul had a sense, an intuition that he would die in Jerusalem. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Episcopos, bishops, if you will. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. You are responsible for the church. And the church is not a building. The church is the people. The people that he bought with his own blood. They're now your responsibility. Now I know that after I leave, savage wolves will commit among you and will not spare the flock. Oh, there'll be others coming in for sure, teaching any manner of nonsense. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after themselves. So be on your guard. Never, I never, remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. After I'm gone, time goes by, other people will come through and they'll be drawing you away to follow them. Think of the factions and divisions in the church today. We're to be one family of God, not umpteen different families, loosely related, all disagreeing on this, that, and the other thing. That's not what God wanted. It's not what Jesus wanted. In the Gospel according to John, in Jesus' great priestly prayer, right before he goes to the cross, he prays for us, that we all might be one. We all might be united in him. Not all singing the same song, the same tunes, the same notes, the same instruments, but all working from the same score, conducted by the one conductor, the Lord Jesus Christ. So now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I've not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. We don't read that in the Gospels, by the way, but Paul reports it. 
When he had said this, he knelt down with all of them and he prayed. And they all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. And what grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. It's a sad parting. I think truly Paul felt that he would, he would not survive Jerusalem. But he would go and perhaps die there just as the Lord did. Well, as we'll see, it turns out he doesn't die there, at least not yet but he'll have quite an adventure on his hands, that's for sure. And we'll join up with him again on Friday as we continue our story as Paul and company arrive in Jerusalem. Okay, thank you, folks. Good being with you again this Wednesday and uh, look forward to seeing you on Friday. Make sure you check out the website, logosbiblestudy.com. I'm really excited to hear what you might have to say about it and I look forward to, to your comments and your guidance on how we might better create educated readers of Scripture and engage one another, you and I, together as a family, a family of God. So thank you. Bye-bye now.